Section 29 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra Schmidt. The World's Story, Volume 1, China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 29. The Tartars and their customs by marco polo to the north of china lived the tartars a wild savage wandering tribe their custom is to spend the winter in warm plains where they find good pasture for their cattle whilst in summer they betake themselves to a cool climate among the mountains and valleys where water is to be found as well as woods and pastures their houses are circular and are made of wands covered with felt these are carried along with them whithersoever they go for the wands are so strongly bound together and likewise so well combined that the frame can be made very light whenever they erect these huts the door is always to the south they also have wagons covered with black felt so efficaciously that no rain can get in these are drawn by oxen and camels and the women and children travel in them the women do the buying and selling and whatever is necessary to provide for the husband and household for the men all lead the life of gentlemen troubling themselves about nothing but hunting and hawking and looking after their goshawks and falcons unless it be the practice of warlike exercises they live on the milk and meat which their herds supply and on the produce of the chase and they eat all kinds of flesh including that of horses and dogs and pharaoh's rats the gerbo of which last there are great numbers in burrows on the plains their drink is mare's milk this is the fashion of their religion they say there is a most high god of heaven whom they worship daily with thurible and incense but they pray to him only for health of mind and body but they have also a certain other god of theirs called natigai and they say he is the god of the earth who watches over their children cattle and crops they show him great worship and honour and every man has a figure of him in his house made of felt and cloth and they also make in the same manner images of his wife and children the wife they put on the left hand and the children in front and when they eat they take the fat of the meat and grease the god's mouth withal as well as the mouths of his wife and children then they take of the broth and sprinkle it before the door of the house and that done they deem that their god and his family have had their share of the dinner the clothes of the wealthy tartars are for the most part of gold and silk stuffs lined with costly furs such as sable and ermine vair and fox skin in the richest fashion all their harness of war is excellent and costly their arms are bows and arrows sword and mace but above all the bow for they are capital archers indeed the best that are known on their backs they wear armour of cuirbouilly prepared from buffalo and other hides which is very strong they are excellent soldiers and passing valiant in battle they are also more capable of hardship than other nations for many a time if need be they will go for a month without any supply of food living only on the milk of their mares and on such game as their bows may win them 
their horses also will subsist entirely on the grass of the plains so that there is no need to carry store of barley or straw or oats and they are very docile to their riders these in case of need will abide on horseback the livelong night armed at all points while the horse will be continually grazing of all troops in the world these are they which endure the greatest hardship and fatigue and which cost the least and they are the best of all for making wide conquests of country and this you will perceive from what you have heard and shall hear in this book and as a fact there can be no manner of doubt that now they are the masters of the biggest half of the world their troops are admirably ordered in the manner that i shall now relate you see when a tartar prince goes forth to war he takes with him say one hundred thousand horse well he appoints an officer to every ten men one to every hundred one to every thousand and one to every ten thousand so that his own orders have to be given to ten persons only and each of these ten persons has to pass the orders to other ten and so on no one having to give orders to more than ten and every one in turn is responsible only to the officer immediately over him and the discipline and order that comes of this method is marvellous for they are a people very obedient to their chiefs and when the army is on the march they have always two hundred horsemen very well mounted who are sent a distance of two marches in advance to reconnoitre and these always keep ahead they have a similar party detached in the rear and on either flank so that there is a good lookout kept on all sides against a surprise when they are going on a distant expedition they take no gear with them except two leather bottles for milk a little earthenware pot to cook their meat in and a little tent to shelter them from rain and in case of great urgency they will ride ten days on end without lighting a fire or taking a meal on such an occasion they will sustain themselves on the blood of their horses opening a vein and letting the blood jet into their mouths drinking till they have had enough and then stanching it they have also milk dried into a kind of paste to carry with them and when they need food they put this in water and beat it up until it dissolves and then drink it it is prepared in this way they boil the milk and when the rich part floats on the top they skim it into another vessel and of that they make butter for the milk will not become solid till this is removed then they put the milk in the sun to dry and when they go on an expedition every man takes some ten pounds of this dried milk with him and of a morning he will take a half pound of it and put it into his leather bottle with as much water as he pleases so as he rides along the milk paste and the water in the bottle get well churned together into a kind of pep and that makes his dinner when they come to an engagement with the enemy they will gain the victory in this fashion they never let themselves get into a regular medley but keep perpetually riding round and shooting into the enemy and as they do not count it any shame to run away in battle they will sometimes pretend to do so and in running away they turn in the saddle and shoot hard and strong at the foe and in this way make great havoc their horses are trained so perfectly that they will double hither and thither just like a dog in a way that is quite astonishing thus they fight to as good purpose in running away as if they stood and faced the enemy 
because of the vast volley of arrows that they shoot in this way turning round upon their pursuers who are fancying that they have won the battle but when the tartars see that they have killed and wounded a good many horses and men they wheel round bodily and return to the charge in perfect order and with loud cries and in a very short time the enemy are routed in truth they are stout and valiant soldiers and inured to war and you perceive that it is just when the enemy sees them run and imagines that he has gained the battle that he has in reality lost it for the tartars wheel around in a moment when they judge the right time has come and after this fashion they have won many a fight all this that i have been telling you is true of the manners and customs of the genuine tartars but i must add that in these days they are greatly degenerated for those who are settled in cathay have taken up the practices of the idolaters of the country and have abandoned their own institutions whilst those who have settled in the levant have adopted the customs of the saracens the way they administer justice is this when any one has committed a petty theft they give him under the orders of authority seven blows of a stick or seventeen or twenty-seven or thirty-seven or forty-seven and so forth always increasing by tens in proportion to the injury done and running up to one hundred and seven of these beatings sometimes they die but if the offence be horse-stealing or some other great matter they cut the thief in two with a sword howbeit if he be able to ransom himself by paying nine times the value of the thing stolen he is let off every lord or other person who possesses beasts has them marked with his peculiar brand be they horses mares camels oxen cows or other great cattle and then they are sent abroad to graze over the plains without any keeper they get all mixed together but eventually every beast is recovered by means of its owner's brand which is known for their sheep and goats they have shepherds all their cattle are remarkably fine big and in good condition they have another notable custom which is this if any man have a daughter who dies before marriage and another man have had a son also die before marriage the parents of the two arrange a grand wedding between the dead lad and lass and marry them they do making a regular contract and when the contract papers are made out they put them into the fire in order as they will have it that the parties in the other world may know the fact and so look on each other as man and wife and the parents henceforth consider themselves sib to each other just as if their children had lived and married whatever may be agreed on between the parties as dowry those who have to pay it cause to be painted on pieces of paper and then put these into the fire saying that in that way the dead person will get all the real articles in the other world End of section 29. This recording is in the public domain.